for tuning in to my climate change podcast it is a humble podcast what brings you here what what made you tune in today hmm? this is my uh i'm re-recording this intro because i um i was just editing my last intro and my mic just sounded so shitty in it so i just thought i'd try again because i don't know if you've heard it on previous recordings before but my mic just sometimes goes don't worry guys that was just my mouth it'll probably show up better in the garage band wave frequency thing the just as some very unruly lines twisting around into little squares it's interesting it's like can the can the frequency of something electrical uh, make more geometric shapes than my own voice, my organic, beautiful voice? Please disregard the last thing I said in general. I'm a very smart person, um, but, you know, all the drugs I've done in my lifetime have had a lasting effect on um, my ability, my cognition, my cognitive abilities. But uh, I'm happy to be here, and I'm happy that my mic's not making any noises, because I wanted my guest today to have just the most beautiful introduction. I didn't want anyone to tune out of her episode um, because of my crappy microphone. I'm having a nice day, because uh, I'm sitting here by my Christmas tree, my dead tree, in my living room, strung with electricity and plastic bulbs. There was a time when we could afford glass bulbs, but those times are over. And uh, yeah, I see the irony. I see the irony in uh, having a, a Christmas tree when I'm having an environmental podcast. Is that okay? Is it okay to have a Christmas tree? I don't know. Uh, I don't know all the things that are okay and not okay. I, I just um. We're all here to explore our deep hypocrisy and shame. And uh, what, what do we get to hold on to uh, as things change so drastically? Like, what makes sense to continue doing? Like, we're kind of asking ourselves, how are our lives going to change? Is it still okay to have a Christmas tree? Is that environmentally okay to grow trees? Just, uh, I haven't looked into the environmental impacts of Christmas tree farming. Uh... But uh, I'm just asking you today, is it okay to have a Christmas tree? That's my uh, new Christmas song. (laughs) Is it okay to have a Christmas tree as the world cries? (laughs) Is it okay to chop down a tree and fill it with lights? In my sad apartment, I dragged a sad tree inside and put it by my bedside. Just kidding. It's not in my bedroom. It's in the living room. Listen, I would love to write a hit Christmas song because you make money off of that every year. Am I a money-driven person? I must not be that money-driven, actually, because I thoroughly have no money. Um, But I've got another message from uh, Valerie Brogdon, my old roommate from uh, college. And uh, I want to have a new segment called uh, Letters from Valerie uh, on Facebook Messenger because she's a scientist making microscopes or looking at them or doing something in the Netherlands. Uh, And... uh, She says, here's what she says. I've decided to stop looking away from climate change. Turns out, while upsetting, it's not unbearable to face. It actually feels a lot better to brainstorm with people and discuss the role we play and what needs to change. It's like 
we are working on a solution rather than helplessly and despairingly watch the world crumble while plugging our ears and going la 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 la. Thanks for your podcast. Skipping some stuff. Um, she also recommends uh, this book by Naomi Klein called Capitalism Versus the Climate, which I have not read, but I will tell you that I've read some of Naomi Klein's stuff, and I have a little bit of a resentment because I tried to bring her uh, to my campus in college, and she was so expensive I couldn't bring her. And I was like, that's ironic and hypocritical because... Uh, you're writing about capitalism, you charge so much. Is that okay? But um, here I am sitting here with my dead tree so I can look at it. So who knows what's okay. And then let's see. Valerie says some other things about the ego. She says, I think there's more to us than these physical bodies that we are temp temporary manifestations of something much larger. The universe will go on whether or not Humanity is a part of it, and surely there is some vast network of consciousness permeating everything that will manifest itself in a different form at some other point in space and time. But I also think that humans are something very special and improbable. Very true. I would love to see us terraform this planet and explore the cosmos in a kind of Star Trek utopia. Even in Star Trek, Earth had to go through an ugly era of war and scarcity before they made it into a technological utopia. Oh, thanks, Valerie. I just uh, love that you're such a Trekkie. Quick Valerie College story. Um, we moved into a different apartment at one point, and we went to U-Haul, and they didn't have the U-Haul truck we needed or something, and we got so mad that we decided we were entitled to steal their cardboard cutouts of uh, Leonard Nimoy Spocks. And then we put these Spocks in our apartment, and we started a band called Two Spock Shakur, where we only played, I think, like one Pat Benatar song um, cover, because that is the only thing that I could play. She certainly could play many, many, many things, but I never made it past that song. <laughs> Um, then she says, I haven't lost hope in humanity. We humans are crafty motherfuckers, and there are plenty of us working on geoengineering solutions to this problem. And then she sent me a TED Talk, uh, Jennifer Wilcox, A New Way to Remove CO2 from the Atmosphere. Um, so check that out. I will say I watched most of it. It looks promising. It is a little boring. And I think that that's interesting that I could be bored by something so substantial and uh, like l potentially life-changing that yeah, a literal apocalypse could be coming up and I can't s sit through a possible extreme solution about, it's just like my brain is like carbon removing from atmosphere, how to do it. Let's play Mario Run again. Mario Run callback. So, um... Again, this is a podcast about how fallible and hypocritical I am. Thanks for tuning into this. I am really excited that you guys did. Oh, thank you for that message, Valerie. I'm sorry I'm not asking for permission to read these, but this has been Letters from Valerie. Um, and uh, so, okay, I'm, well, I guess back to that CO2 thing and me being so bored and playing Mario Run. That really is the problem, right? Like, isn't that why we have... Donald Trump is president, like, you know, as horrible as he is, like, there's nothing he says that you have to think about very much in a sense that there's no, there's nothing he says that anyone's going to need to do research on or need any sort of education for, like, it's just like a Mario run for your brain, except less cute. So how can we fix that? Mmm. <laughs> Those are noises that I made because I don't have the answer. But on this episode, we have uh, Francesca Fiorentini. And I just had a lovely time talking to her because um, she knows a lot. And uh, you get the sense that she's genuinely excited about um, some of the activism around climate change. And uh, 
she's a neat person. I feel like maybe um, maybe even a little spiritual. You know, she's one of those people that comes off as a as a general generally intellect type, a brains person. But uh, she also is a um, uh, got a has a, a nice vibe to her. <laughs> <laughs> when talking about this kind of stuff, like it feels like uh, she's uh, uh, can really hold hold a lot um, in her spirit, so that's exciting. Okay, so and she's uh, been a writer on AJ Plus, or in a perf- uh, not just a writer, but uh, the face of it really. And uh, AJ Plus is an Al Jazeera online platform that had a lot of news uh, stuff and also comedy sketches. And uh, she's just great. She's got a podcast called The Habituation Room, which I was on way more um, professional, for sure. She's definitely professional. Um, so I'm excited that she came to my strange apartment to um, talk about climate change. Thanks for listening, my friends. Okay, here we go. Here it is. This is another episode of Hot Topic, the dumbest name for a podcast ever. I love it. Um, with the most stressful topic ever, but we're chilling. I've got Francesca Fiorentini. Hey, on the podcast, the brilliant uh, uh, comedian and journalist from AJ Plus. Yeah. Among other things. Indeed. Dude, Hot Topic is just, I feel like you could pitch this to E, and then they'd be like, we're all ears, but you just don't mention the CC word, you know? Oh. What could I call it? Can we come up with a little euphemism? Um, It's just like about cunts, like (laughs) cunt culture. We're reclaiming cunt culture, Hot Topic. You could get that meeting. (laughs) Like, we've had, you know... And by cunts, I mean climate change. (laughs) Exactly. Because isn't that the biggest cunt of all? Indeed. God damn it. (laughs) Is it, though? Like, here's my thing. I think Mother Earth... I mean, Mother Earth is really teaching us a lesson. Like... Uh, there, I'm, I realize I'm jumping in on your intro here, but I feel like we're... I have no intro. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it right there. <laughs> but, like, there's no way... We can't be sued by Mother Earth, right? I mean, there are attempts to, I believe, give certain rivers, like, the rights of a person, you know? or And uh, that's cool. And therefore, like, lawyers can defend a stream, you know? But... <laughs> which would be great, but, like... I'm a river, and I'm suing you. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> no, they, that... Uh, that, that I wish that could happen, but but we have to put a monetary value on these things, and then, um, so I feel like Mother Nature is. I mean, climate change really is a big old cunt because she's like, I don't have a lawyer. You're not respecting me. You don't even treat me as like a human. Fuck y'all. Shake you off. Did you ever read that book, Cunt? No. By Inga Musio. I read it in college, and she's like, she's like a. The word cunt actually is an ancient word for like mystic healer or something is like the actual goddess roots of that word. And uh, wow, I was into that book and I ended up bringing her to my college. Nice. And uh, get I, that money. Which college again? I were uh, I uh, Western Washington University. Oh, nice. I worked for the Women's Center. Oh, dude. Women's Center has so much money. I worked with the Women's Center at or I didn't work with, but I like was the president of the Women's Center in NYU. Hell yeah. Oh, oh, you fancy. Oh, yeah. No, fuck, <laughs> fuck NYU. It's a bullshit Ivy, like oh, non-Ivy really? League that's way too expensive. Yeah, it's a piece of shit. But the Women's Center, W-O-M-Y-N, because why would we Right, we, we talked about stuff like that, right? <laughs> yeah. But uh, Inga but Musio, yeah. she, was, she was on drugs. She was on Don't drugs. really... Yeah, she, we picked her up and it was pretty sketchy. Not to talk shit about Inga Musio right now. And then she wrote another book called like Blue Eyed Devil about like being white and racist. And oh my God, it was a little weird. Like I actually, I just remember like the intro for it. She's like, she's like, I was a bartender and I was serving these native guys. And one of them grabbed my arm and said, you feel too much. 
And I was just like, oh, no, this is not your intro to your... Oh, my God. ...to your whiteness book. It was hard because it's like, obviously, he was fucking with her. Right. Uh, and, and it turns out she does feel too much. She wrote a book about it. Little did he know. Or maybe he really did know that he was going to spur a book. And uh, it's good to write about white privilege, but it's hard to do when you're on crack. Maybe it's easier to do. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it probably is. Maybe like that's what white privilege feels like. Too much of it is just being on crack. Hmm. Hmm. Let's. I don't a know. Bite out of that one. So yeah. Um, that's really funny. Climate like, change could be a cunt in the Ingamusio sense of the term. She, but like I don't want to reclaim climate change. You know, I feel like there's so many. There, there's, there used to be this attempt a few years ago by like fluff pieces in Time Magazine to be like, um, where are going to be the hottest places to live in climate change? But like, not right. like too hot, but like nice hot. Like, what, like, um, actually Greenland has good beaches. <laughs> like shit yeah. like that. And you're like, oh my God, this is the, the most depressing piece of news because the whole thing is in journalism is like how do you cover climate change without depressing everybody right so i'm sure someone pitched it i mean some asshole for sure but pitched right. it it's like it'll be good like you know when there is more water there's more beach i don't know there's actually less beach but there's more you can play in the puddles i don't know so anyway that was an actual piece that came out a few years ago i remember that and i was like <laughs> fuck time magazine yeah, that's really awkward. Yeah. I, yeah, so what's your experience like as a comedian and also like a particularly um, followed political comedian? Mm. Um, what's your experience with, with talking about shit right now? I mean, you strike me as a pretty... Um, you, you don't strike me as a snowflake. You, 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 you strike me as a tough cookie. Thanks. You know what I mean? You get up, you fucking put your makeup on, and you march outside. Oh, yeah, I did. I did. I'm a, I'm like crispy and then gooey on the inside. <laughs> now I'm just hungry for cookies. Oh uh, man, I baked some last week, but then I ate them all so fast <laughs> that I was like, I better not bake cookies for a sec. But I do have a, a Christmas uh, popcorn tin. Ooh, uh, I'm definitely gonna have to dip into that. Did eat all the caramel. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm just gonna <laughs> just tell one you. of the funnels is. Is it just like the cheese that's left? <laughs> that like overly cheesy. <laughs> there's cheese in regular, have even amounts. Nice left. Nice. And there's a little bit of caramel left, but nothing to get too amped on. Well, that'll be my reward. Um, I don't. I mean, I don't like. Not a lot of people look to me to talk about climate change, but I will say that. I try to, I've done, I've covered it in, a, in different ways. Like I've gone to Louisiana and covered like the Gulf Coast and how that is basically losing a football field of land a, a week or a day, something, you know, abhorrent. Um, and then I've also done kind of those explainery videos that are just, you know, straight to camera. They're like, hey... We're fucked. And uh, that was the most depressing thing I've ever done is re doing the real research and being like, oh, oh yeah, we're, we're completely screwed, but we, you know, have to adapt and figure out ways to, I find it very demo demoralizing and de demobilizing to be like, we're screwed because it's just kind of a way to numb ourselves and forget. Mm -hmm. um, but that being said, we're going to have to like legit come up with how the fuck we're gonna carry on emotionally like really uh on a on a com like a deep spiritual communal level in addition to a political um and economic level but I think the harder stuff is the that that soul searching shit that we're gonna have to do about like hey maybe it's not all about you and your individualism and like you know getting your whatever Amazon deliveries in two days. So, but, but I do a little bit talk about climate change on stage where I'm like, I talk about procreating or not wanting to procreate, not wanting to have kids and not being sure. And then, um, and I find that like certain audience members laugh. Like I, I like that kind of humor. I like to just laugh at how awful it makes me feel better to laugh at it. Um, and I feel like other people are like, get really sad. And I kind of want to smack them. Like, what the, f what, it's not even a, that sad of a joke. I basically make fun of telling my kid to like, like 
that I marched for her future. I tried, and she should shut up and eat her rat. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> just, and that's it. And the, and I feel like there's the reaction sometimes is like, oh, it's like. You're like, I seasoned the rat. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's delicious. You realize rats are hard to come by in the year 2100. Um, I know. I'm starting to think of my cockroach infestation as a possible resource these days. I know. I mean, listen, we've seen, we've all seen Wally. <laughs> like, the, like, no one could have made me like cockroaches more. Uh, and then I immediately regret, regretted having like a, a fight club moment with a cockroach in New York one time where I just like, Beat the shit out of it, like incessantly. Did it get some punches in? Yeah, it tried. <laughs> totally, just like one or two. They can uh, be aggressive. Ooh, they never die. Yeah, they're our, they're our friends in climate change for sure. Totally. They're they're like our they're 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 our uh, companions till the end after uh, other things go instinct. But yeah, like you know what? I actually did a show at fucking Flappers uh-huh. recently. Uh-huh. That's what I call fucking it, fucking Flappers. flappers. That's, that's and that's all nickname. these comedians like. Had all these climate change jokes and we're not afraid. It was very bizarre. I was like, I spend my these whole... These are my people. I know. Flappers. Who knew? It was very <laughs> weird. I was like, this is a really weird time. But, uh, Did yeah. Did they work? You know, not really. Yeah. But they were trying. But some of them kind of worked. It's just like, um, uh, I can't, you know, I, have, I mentioned it a few times on stage. I, I'm usually pretty quick. Yeah. And I usually it's like in passing. Yeah, it's just usually like fucking climate change. And I, I use it as like almost a tag, but it's it's usually not the center to any of my jokes or anything. Cause it's no. like, um, you know, and I've managed to make a lot of really dark things really funny, but climate change, I'm just like, mm. Haven't fi- haven't found the funny yet. Right, you're like suicidal thoughts, depression, all good. Like we can find the funny in that. Climate change, no. I know. Y- you have to do more NGO uh, like spaces um, and more shows like that. They're they're into it because like the people who I think need comedy the most and who need it to be not be totally mindless, I think are like you know, actual activists and organizers who are doing really amazing work and need to like take the edge off with like, and they like, I think that they, I've gotten reception where like people like that comics are not um, completely out of the realm, you know, of, of like understanding climate change and like do do care about it and all this. And so, um, I mean, we assume, I mean, that comics do, but you don't really hear it as much. So I think those folks, it's, it's some of the humorless activists that need the comedy the most, either to take the edge off or also to tell them to lighten the fuck up, you know? Yeah, that would be hard to be on the front lines. <laughs> and but, and not it, it's hard to have a sense of humor about, but you gotta you have a little uh, a little space between you and the end of the world. <laughs> exactly. No, a little a little runway. No, you you would kill at like a a rally, like a climate march rally. Fuck yeah. Every time I go to rallies, I'm oh, always like Hell yeah. Oh hell yeah, dude, just do a hot five. Everyone will love you. No, I always feel like the rallies are so boring and uh, they're people you don't really know. Sometimes they're not great speakers. We got to have more fun. Agreed. Yeah. We, you know, it can't, it can't be so heavy, I think. No, for sure. Um, I was thinking of one idea I had was to do like um, a series of basically just comics doing their sets but in rapidly like in in rapidly um depleting and or dangerous air like climate areas like on the top of a glacier that's melting on the top of a glacier that's melting (laughs) ever so slowly in the middle of like hurricane harvey you know or like you know where they're up to their like waste in water and like completely just trying to do like, their routine. I have a yeast infection and then <laughs> yeah. I went on Tinder. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And like maybe there'd be an audience, maybe there'd be like two poor souls who just kind of like a, a couple that goes around with you. Obviously it'd be all staged and stuff, but that shit would be, the the the, the actual hurricane That is a good be. pitch. Yeah, I mean. Just meaning, have it be in a studio. No, 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 no. We'd have to go there. Like Woosley You're Fire. such a journalist. Can I just... We gotta Can go. I just be in front of a green screen? <laughs> yes, or that. But then there wouldn't be a sense of urgency in you being like, let me talk about my dog. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, or whatever. Yeah, just um, 
me, what, what's, what's a good, well, yeah, I don't know. I would be talking about like freezing my eggs as like <laughs> the. You're going to be freezing them for a long time. Uh-huh. <laughs> In the permafrost that melts. There's definitely some, ooh, that's some other shit. There's, you can't think about it all at once. It's kind of like, um, <laughs> I was going to say something really like, uh, it's a little bit like, I feel like it must be like fisting, although I've never done it. You're like, little by little, <laughs> where you have to, you know, you can't just well, jam depends. in the fists all together at once. And understanding climate change <laughs> must be like that, Jessica. <laughs> no, no, I lube it up. Exactly. You got to lube it up. You got to... You got to make a pyramid with your fingers. <laughs> you can't make a fist. Right. You got a certain certain climate facts, and you gotta you gotta just leave it on the outside for a while. Right. That's right. As you let the reality. But I have little in. hands, as you can see. Yeah, that those are little hands. Yeah, I've I've uh, I've I've had my I've done my share of fisting, and I think that's why I'm right to do this podcast because you can't fist climate change without little hands. You can't fist that cunt without <laughs> little hands. <laughs> So, yeah, like I've been like, you know, trying to do a little research here and there since I started this podcast. I was like, I guess I should fucking know anything. But it's always just like numbers, like you said, like a football field is underwater every minute. (laughs) Where are they playing? And it's just like, you know, the hottest year on record was this year, then this year, then then like, you know, and uh, Mm -hmm. the numbers, they're pretty bad. So we're past denial. And um but how to, you know, as a tough cookie who puts on your makeup and, and goes out into the world, um, like, what, what do you, you know, it must, it makes you sad to, like, look at this, it de- depresses you? What do you, what's your process into turning, you know, all this information into the art and the, and the journalism that you do or the sketches or whatever? Um, yeah, I don't, it's hard. The process is, I mean... I don't think that I'm on the forefront of this fight at all. So for me, I it's one of the issues I'm passionate about for sure. Like one of the top three, it's like this, socialism and um, economic inequality. The same thing. It's like climate change and socialism are the two things that I'm the most passionate about. And anti-circumcision. And, and of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, if I had to choose, anti-circumcision one. Um But yeah, so it's like, I think there's dumb things that I do individually, like, you know, try to, you know, not waste as much and not use plastic and call up as I, if I, if I cook you try to cook more, but like call up takeout places and like explain to a woman who clearly does not speak English very well uh, over and over again, if she could please put my takeout in a paper box. And she's like, oh, you want number 12? And I'm like, no, no paper. And so I just, it's just the whitest thing I've ever done, which is like <laughs> explain to an immigrant, like, I don't want to hurt the planet anymore. <laughs> and of course, moving to LA and like now being served in styrofoam, I'm like, I, I should make a citizen's arrest. I know. How is this not? You should be sentenced. I know. And you know, I go, to, I go to 12-step meetings uh-huh. and we have coffee there. Always styrofoam Damn. cups. I'm like, we should all just drink and die so that we'll that if if every if every alcoholic or addict <laughs> just just let go of their sobriety, um, the styrofoam industry would die. <laughs> but so would we. So it's uh, yeah. But you might be. They might. Yeah, you'd beat them though. So that might be good. <laughs> um, no, but like for example, the other day I I got like a. Uh, I don't know, I got something in in packaging and it had bubble wrap in it, but like nice bubble wrap, like those kind of like cushy, like, oh, I could put this in my mattress, bubble wrap. And so mm-hmm. I have cushions on the kind of a shitty outdoor, like a, like a couch, a shitty couch. And uh, I stuff the cushions with bubble wrap instead of throwing them away. And they're so good. They're like, firm and I'm all about it but that kind of bullshit which is like that's amazing yeah I mean it's great but it's like you just bought something online that you maybe didn't need I don't know whatever the fuck you know it's like that whole I'm trying to minimize my footprint I'm not 
you know, I'm not doing a great job, but I try. My brother has no plastic. He like completely got rid of plastic from his life. Wow. He doesn't shop, which is again, it's his own, it's his own thing. Like he's not going to save the planet by doing that, but it's like, it's something to fight against the sadness when you kind of feel at least minimally proactive in that way. Um, and then of course there's like local things we can be doing, pushing in terms of like politically and then supporting movements like the sunrise movement, which is this awesome young group of, uh, uh, climate activists who are just so fierce and like, yeah, Sunrise, they sat in Nancy Pelosi's office about two or three weeks ago. And, you know, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the Democratic Socialist, uh, was supportive of them and, like, went and spoke to them and was, like, they're convening a new committee on climate action in Congress. So those kinds of things we need to be supporting. And, like, climate climate activists now, they're not the, like tree sitters, bless the tree sitters, but they're not like sort of the white dreaded Portland activists that you you have in your head. Like all the climate activists now, especially the most fierce ones are like young, brown, queer from like neighborhoods that have been, you know, uh, dumped on toxically, like from areas that are next to refineries from, you know, they know what's up. They're like, they're so endlessly inspiring. So I take that and I allow myself to, as, I, as someone who's like in media and in communication, like, okay, how can I utilize this positivity and this fierceness and translate that for people who are watching and um, not approach the issue from the same kind of like tired ways, which is the things that I do, which is like change your light bulbs and, you know, put your, put your uh, bubble wrap in your cushions and shit like that. Um, so I don't necessarily walk the walk, but I like to like be a conduit for the talk. If that's what it, you know what I'm saying? Like that's, I don't know. No, I, I that think makes that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I, I was thinking you must, you, you have so much knowledge and you, you, you stay on top of things in this way that I, I, I wouldn't think that you would be someone that would be like, well, I'm minimizing my carbon footprint, so I've done my part. Right. Like you're like, I'm going to raise the voices of these activists to rise against the powers that are um, uh, actively trying to repress climate um, activist movements. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I mean, the number one enemy is like the fossil fuel industry. And that's, that's just what it is. Like they... There, it. You know what actually gets me going? See, I'm not a person who like, when I think of all the evil people, <laughs> this sounds so basic, but. As you do every night before you go to bed. I think of all the evils <laughs> and I write their names down. <laughs> um, uh, I, it actually mo is motivating. I think there's something really inspiring to know that what's happening around us, like massive, you know, extinction and oceans as acidifying, et cetera, that that's not like something that just happens. It's not just like what climate deniers say, that the people who helped cause that have names, addresses, places of business, and they were complicit in a plot essentially that they knew about that was rapidly warming and endangering us. And that to me feels great like yeah, it's like they oh, are mortal they're mortal we know they're oh they're just fucking dumbass humans who are greedy oh i know that like i recognize yeah. that shit but you have to be held accountable and so the the idea that that we can hold some of these companies accountable that we're is we're at a breaking point we've been at a breaking point but i feel like even just in the last couple of years everyone's kind of coming around to the same consensus that we need to act now obviously this un report helped that um like it, that's inspiring to me to feel like, oh, we, oh, we can kick ass now. Thank you. Time. Oh, we, so it's like we're done with the sort of incremental changes. Now it's time to kick ass. Like this is, this is our time. This feels fun now. <laughs> you know? Oh hell yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't <laughs> want to get involved until there's ass kicking. <laughs> Here comes Francesca. <laughs> yeah, Francesca the warrior. Uh huh. Hell yeah. Uh, getting all amped up here <laughs> in my weird uh, apartment full of my boyfriend's files he's so organized you think so 
Wow. <laughs> I, uh, I, I disagree. I think we've got a long way to go here. But one day it will be beautiful in here. Uh, and then if anyone I- is, for those of you wondering, the files are beautiful. They're well labeled. Uh, clearly, this is better than a pile of papers. The checks have been paid. Uh, the, 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 yeah, all the debts have been filed. <laughs> and uh, looks like, uh, yeah, he's. I don't know. I feel like you guys are going to be skipping town pretty soon. <laughs> like, I've been running the numbers. We've got to move to Morocco. <laughs> we do shit like that. We'll like watch. Uh, there's a show on Netflix. I don't remember what it's called, but it's people that are like buying cheap ass chateaus in like North France and Ooh. stuff. There's like cheap. Sh- and I think the reason they're so cheap is because like it gets so fucking cold it seems like and it's just like a kind of desolate it's like you know those towns that are so beautiful but if you struggle with depression good luck with that (laughs) but you live in a beautiful chateau i think i would thrive as a very depressed suicidal person in a beautiful chateau i mean you that's that's you've always known that you that's That's my destiny destiny. yeah yes and have you seen the favorite Oh Queen my Anne God, I did see that. Did you? Oh. You know what? I love like psycho women gay movies. <laughs> and that's what that was. Although I was pretty disturbed. It was very disturbing. Was was Carol psycho? Carol that was movie? not so psycho okay. as this. This was like sociopathic. Yeah. Some sociopathic tendencies. Um, but like girl on girl, so like hot. <laughs> <laughs> I, there was a couple scenes that I was like, this part's hot. Like, and it, it's kind of like surprising. Right. In this way that it felt like a real queer thing to me where it's not just like hot girls all the time. It's just right. like this kind of like, you know, frumpy queen who has polio. Mm, uh, yeah, gangrene? Maybe both. Who yeah, knows? just like I didn't know if gangrene just can like do that. rub my legs, yes, <laughs> rub the open wounds. You like the the sore rubbing? Yeah, it's hot. We don't talk about that, it. I mean, that's the gayest thing is the sore rubbing. Yeah, that's, that's exactly. the most lesbianic thing is like heal my wounds. Those um, are your search terms, just like <laughs> <laughs> polio rubbing. <laughs> but uh, boil, boil porn. I don't know. But gross. if I do move to a chateau in France, will it uh, be warmer with climate change? Here's what's dumb about why no one wants to live there. I bet the insulation just fucking sucks. Like it does. Oh yeah, because it's fucking old. It's old too, and it's too much. It's too expensive to like re-insulate. But ideally, you know, and here's like another like incremental measure. But it's like, hey, you get a big old tax break, and or an incentive. Same thing to like remodel this house, you know, or you know, put new insulation in this beautiful chateau. And uh, here you go, and you and it's going to be a fraction of the price because you're saving this house or whatever, you know? And like, and, and there's so many ways that we are homes. I mean, we're in California shit. We know how there's like literally no insulation in any of the homes south of Eureka. I don't, you know, like it's just, it, their shit is drafty here. It is yeah. super drafty. I mean, not maybe in Tahoe there or like in the mountains and the, in the Sierras, that's better. Um, but this is a very simple fix of like, how do I not use as much energy? Oh, just have a better insulated home. But like, you know, when I was a kid in LA, it's like we didn't really need that good of insulation because it's like the temperature was always like 60s, 70s, and we didn't really put on the heat or the air conditioning. It was just like, yeah, it's the temperature yeah. that it that it is. Do you feel like this is cold? This is about like 50-ish. Is this... No, we would probably put on the heater. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it would probably happen. But it's not that... It's not like a... You know, you can put on a jacket. It's not like North North France where you, where you have to like really get it warm. It's just like yeah, well you know we'll we'll, we'll put on the heater you know a little bit. But um, what show is this? Is this like a? Is it like a H? What's, yeah, what's it's that? like it's like a HGTV yeah. kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh huh. But here, you know, growing up here, I I think that I'm kind of disturbed with some of the weather patterns that I'm seeing. <laughs> you know, it's like. It wasn't normal for it to just be in the hundreds all the fucking time. Um, Anyway, so uh, I think that, like, 
just like looking around at the weather is like kind of like a little upsetting. But then when it rains and it's chilly out, I'm like, climate change is solved. La, la, la. I'm going to go on a nice walk and get ice cream. That's what I do. Did you get ice cream? No, I got actually hot cocoa, oh, right. but I usually get ice cream. Mm. Mm. Um, just, yeah, climate change is going to take our cocoa. That's, that's another sad thing. Fuck! No! Um, now I'm angry. Everything will be synthetic. <laughs> It'll be fine. I mean, this is the thing. The other thing that depresses me is the way that solutions are, because they're so profit-driven, it's all about like, okay, we've created this synthetic cocoa that doesn't need water, sunlight, or, you know, like the touch of a human hand. And you're like... You're Should like, I'm dead inside. <laughs> like we, it's for our <laughs> robot parts, you know? I'm like, do we really want this, you know, like robot cocoa or whatever it is, like synthetic shit, when we could actually preserve what we have? And the, I, that's the other thing about like, dude, the earth is fucking amazing. And I had to watch Avatar to realize that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I had to watch is Moana. Ooh, I still haven't seen Moana. I don't have nieces that age. I need nieces. Listen, and here's the thing. Moana age. I don't either, <laughs> but I just watch it on my own. <laughs> Was it, but Moana's legit good, right? Yeah, and there, there's a scene at the end that uh, I think like... Uh, ties into our uh, Mother Earth cunt, uh, mm. kind of conversation we're have, having earlier, kind of just like a healing uh, wound. Oh my gosh, I'm getting chills. You have to go see it. Go uh, just watch Moana. You don't need a niece. Nieces aren't going to get that deep shit anyway. No, they won't. You know what okay, I mean? Okay, I'm just going to watch it. Is it compare it to um, the Let It Go movie? Frozen. Yeah. Uh, I realizing I talk anything that's not politics that I talk about, I immediately revert to my mom. The Let It Go movie. <laughs> <laughs> the one where you they sound have the body paint and they're in water. You sound like uh, when you're talking about other things the way most people talk about politics. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, what is it? What's his name? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the, the guy with the thing, you know? He tried to do that one. And then Francesca's like, Jeff Sessions. Um, (laughs) But yeah, but but this is a, you know, I'm like frozen. (laughs) Uh, I think uh, Moana had a deeper theme to me. Mm. But uh, like, I think that Frozen was funnier. Like they were, like... Uh, I think that they're both good in different ways. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, I did not cry in Frozen. I straight up will cry thinking about Moana <laughs> in the end. That's how you know. That's how you know Disney did his job. That's how you or know. Or Pixar, whichever. That's Disney, yeah. Okay. Um, I did just see Coco for the first time by myself. Did you cry? Oh, yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's oh, weird good. is that I thought I was going to cry out of sadness. But I really was just kind of crying the whole time about just being kind of happy, like kind of like, you know, like embracing generations and change and life and death and support and family. And it really made me want to have kids, speaking back of like not wanting to have kids and not wanting to bring them in this godforsaken situation. Like definitely every kid under 15 needs to ask their parent at one point, like, really? You know, like, thank you, but also, huh, you know, interesting choice. Um, But, of course, the converse of that, the argument I have heard is, like, we can't stop living. Like, once, it's a little bit of a, like, the terrorists win, you know? Like, once we decide not to go to a mall or, like, well, we should all fuck malls anyway, uh, or, like, go to a movie because we're afraid we're going to get shot up. Like, that to me is, like, when the terrorists win, though, like, white terrorists with their gun ar-15s like if we stop having kids if we stop believing in like the regenerative nature of our planet like that's when that's very true the terrorists went yeah and disney has this way of like no matter what fucking shit is happening in your in the fucking your world when you're watching a disney movie it's like you're you're like a little kid and you believe in life and like and i I think that uh he um Walt Disney, and then uh, also those movies, they do use a lot of nature shit. Oh, yeah. They really, you know, all the princesses have their fucking deer talking to them, and it's just like, I think he had like this. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to live anymore. Is that that? what they said? Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> Kill me. What have you done to us? There is no more I'm wishing. <laughs> oh my God. The other day I was singing the Prince's song, which is so nice from Snow White. It's like, um, fuck. No, I don't remember it. What's the Prince's song? Uh, is it the one where it's like, uh, someday my prince. Is that, That's pretty good. Is that Snow White? That's, she sings like a little. Snow she sings like a little <laughs> creepy girl. Like a she little, <laughs> she's like, I'm three. She still, sings, she thinks, yeah, exactly. Like if a little, like a, a very, like just dirty doll came to life, like ha ha ha, you know. <laughs> but you're like, ah, oh, lovely. <laughs> Maybe not a no. She sounds like an American doll. Like if an American doll came to life. Very true. And did you have American I, dolls? I had an American girl doll. Wow, I American Kir- girl doll. Right? I don't even know what the. I, I had Kirsten. Kirsten, I didn't know. I don't know which and one. I used that to is. braid my hairs like her. She's a Swedish one, and uh, I'm Scandinavian, so I had to have my Swedish fucking American doll. Nice. And I, I I had braids to match, and now she sits at the corner of my room. Still. Yeah, I still have her, and I I'm thinking about like it's like the one toy that I still have, and it's at my mom's house, and it just sits in the corner of the room, and I'm like, this is sad. Damn. But we want to hold on to her. My mom's like, in case you have kids, she, they, they, your daughter can have this doll. And uh, that could be sweet. They are like $150 a piece or something insane like that. Yeah. But like, I just feel like I've seen Toy Story, not to go back to Disney Pixar, but it's just like, please. I do think that inanimate fucking objects have spirits, by the way. Agreed. I'm sorry. And well, especially uh, Disney toys. Like, I had a. I mean, it wasn't. What did I have? I think I had a flounder. I had a flounder stuffed too. Animal. Yeah, oh, so Love great. flounder. Love flounder. My and stepmom got rid of flounder. Fuck your stepmom. No, for real though. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but stepmoms are like, let me get rid of the other children's things. They are evidence <laughs> of another woman. I'm just kidding. I'm just My kidding. stepmom actually bringing it full circle did have a collection. She never had kids, and she had a collection of like 40 or 50 not american girl dolls but like doll dolls like, like porcelain dolls porcelain dolls porcelain dolls creep were, me out they are creepy as fuck but they're beautiful i mean they the whole are thing is just yeah. like and not even like everyone like they're not beautiful in the face. They all look creepy and the same in the face. It's like, it's the butt that was like really hot. No. Um, <laughs> I was just saying that because I knew you weren't, you weren't listening. No. Um, their outfits are amazing, you know? And like this one is yeah. like, you know, French Renaissance and this one is whatever, like a, you know, a day by the, I don't know what the fuck. This is like a Renoir. That's the same shit as a French Renaissance. Um, you know, they always had like amazing little outfits on. And uh, she finally got rid of them. Hmm. And like faced reality. Yeah. Uh, and probably now watches HGTV series about chateaus in Why does she France. sound like me? <laughs> no, I decided recently that um, I was depressed. Okay, I was really depressed the other day. I've been having a little depression lately. But I was depression like. Depression bout. I was at like a fancy like. Food fucking restaurant place mm, Squirrel Squirrel yeah. Oh yes <laughs> Oh I love Square. a food restaurant Square Square And uh And I was just like I went there because I was like I better get something really tasty To help with my depression Like yeah. I better not just eat like A piece of bread in my fridge I better like go have someone make me something And there was this couple Sitting next to me And Eric Eric took me mm-hmm. And uh And I just like I just hated them so much. You know, I'm depressed. So I just was like, I'm going to talk really loudly about <laughs> stuff. Climate change. No, I didn't. <laughs> I, was, I was actually talking really loudly. I was like, Eric, what do you think if we got a, a lot of model train sets? Should we start a model train collection? I would love to go to a thrift store today. And I just saw like these people next to me like, what the hell? <laughs> You're just like, I'm going to ruin your happiness. <laughs> was Were they annoying? Because why were they? Because what were I they talking know. about? I don't know. I just could feel their spirits. They were looking at their phones. There's nothing wrong with them. It's just totally my depression. It's sure. just like uh, me raging against the machine. And the sure. machine is a young Oops. couple looking at their phones, uh, eating a food food lunch. Um, well, there is something I will say. I look at my phone a lot. My boyfriend looks at his phone, Matt Lieb, uh, and a lot. And but there is something 
profoundly obnoxious about going out to eat, getting served a beautiful meal, and then like just letting it sit there and get cold as you, you know, fucking like scroll on Twitter. I saw, I love, I've seen a couple. Okay, I went to a restaurant with Eric and then I saw another couple. It's bad though when one of them's looking at the phone and the other one's not. Oh, and then yeah. we went out to eat and the guy was like looking at his phone. Like, and they were sitting across the table from each other, and his girlfriend was just looking so sad and bored. Mm. Occasionally, she would lean across the table and try to, like, talk to him and tell him a story, regardless of whether or not he's listening. That's healthy. They're, they're going to last forever. Sad, dude. Because she's just like, she's like, I love him, I guess. But I, I just want people to know that they can leave. I feel like at any, that, that is only because, yeah, you can leave. And you know that he's like barked at her, like it's for work, you know, and just a couple times already. Yeah. It's like, why take someone out to dinner? Why go out to eat is yeah. my thing. Like, I understand people look at their phones, but, uh, you know, like the actual earth is great. Yes. Like, that's what's so weird is when I went on my walk today, I'm looking at, you know, when magic hour hits and the golden golden fucking light hits the palm trees and mm, so beautiful i did not take a selfie i actually don't really like taking selfies golden hour though Gotta yes that. uh magic hour or well, magic hour yeah yeah uh and uh it's just so beautiful and it's just like the earth is such a paradise it if is. you look at it but it's like what is the what is the instinct to retreat into our phones mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's almost like we can't cope with being alive so we have I to do a lesser real. version of it because it's like yeah everything the the picture is getting pretty good on phones and videos like it almost looks real it's like you know what else looks real fucking real shit mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no i i agree i think there's it's weird because I think that um, we're afraid to be alone, and I think that's why I think smoking is really attractive because you're like yeah. you you have an excuse to be alone. Smoking is almost preferable, although not as healthy. You know, it'll give you cancer. Phones might are also giving us cancer, but like it, you can take a moment, and you, and no one questions you why you're alone or why you're just standing there on the corner. It's like now you stand on the corner and you don't have anything. You're not looking at your phone. You're waiting for a drug deal. Like you are a dealer mm-hmm. and that's fine. More power to you. But like that's all it is now. It's like either you're you're selling something illicit, but can't we just stand on a corner and just observe anymore? You know? Yeah. Everything about that. But I mean, we might as well just sell drugs if we're going to be out there. You're already there. Make some money while becoming enlightened. Exactly. Well, those still moments, I'm sure. I mean, I think like security guards and people who have, you know, oppressively boring jobs, also specifically the ones who stand in museums in every room. Right. And I'm always like, I wonder what they're thinking. (laughs) And then you're like, they're bored and sad. I should touch the art. (laughs) (laughs) They need something to do. I'm going to steal this sculpture real quick. That's a really interesting connection that I feel like you make, though, um, in terms of just, like, loneliness and then the way that we're uh, reacting to everything that's happening in the planet. Because it's like, what is that thing inside of us that's just like, ah, <laughs> ah, <laughs> ah. Uh, Yes, it's perpetual. And then what's it like to be like a lot of these evil guys that you list every night in your bed <laughs> and you write down their evil well, names? they cover it up with evil deeds and money like just like well they're earning money and it's accumulation but i think if we were all a little bit more like princesses and disney characters and we're in touch with animals love this yeah no 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 but we would be more in touch with like stillness i mean even me and my cat Taking the time to pet my fucking cat <laughs> and just sit there and watch whatever she's watching and just like, uh, you know, appreciate her is totally time that I feel like I'm appreciating, you know, the biosphere. You're like a Disney princess with your kitty cat <laughs> sidekick. <laughs> your cat is so funny. That picture you put on Instagram of it. <laughs> just, like, just the dead eyes. <laughs> just like, <"Argh." laughs> Yeah, she's, um, she's great. She's, she's big. She's a big one. She's adorable. Um, and yeah. she, in the animals, they have lessons to teach you about life. Totally. That you carry into your fierce uh, journalist, comedian life. Oh, 
Do they? Or are you asking me or are you telling me they... I don't know. Yes. <laughs> if it's a question, yes. If it's a statement, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think that's... That's the other thing about being in nature. Like, I didn't grow up... I grew up with a backyard and, like, you know, played on trees and stuff. And I was... I'm a terrible tree climber. Uh, were you a good tree climber? No, I'm too cautious. Me too. I'm I'm not... So as much as I, like, I get the whole, like, ill nature, no Me thanks, too, me too, me know? too. Like, I understand I've fear. seen a scorpion. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. After that, I was like, eh, let's burn it down. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Let it burn. Um, that's scary. Well, that's part of the thing. Our loneliness is scary, and then nature itself is scary. Super scary. The unknown. It's scary. <laughs> it is really scary. Um, uh, the unknown and everything. You know, I would go to the Amazon, but I would have to wear, like, a fucking uh, outbreak-type, you know, hazmat suit to just be there. Because I don't, I don't like bugs. And they're all the bugs there. Well, lucky for you, a lot of bugs are no and now they're no longer no with longer. us. Okay. <laughs> no, I uh, I killed a bee the other day by mistake. <laughs> you were like, that was the last one. And it was. <laughs> <laughs> it's my fault. There was. It was really like, yeah. If a butterfly doesn't flap its wings, <laughs> everything's gonna collapse. No, I tried to like get it, you know, with a cup. And a piece of paper, I tried to get it out of my house. I was very cautious. And then I realized actually just like as I got it, I like just smashed its fucking ass. And I like killed, so I like r- killed it and then it was writhing on the ground. Then I had to just put it out of its misery. It was a really sad moment. Um, what were we talking about again? Anyway, climate change is my fault. Honeybee colony collapse right here. Right here. You're oh, welcome. Yeah. I'm sorry. We'll have synthetic honey. It'll be fine. <laughs> It'll be all grown in a lab. Everything will be doctored to taste like honey and McRibs and all the other all the other fast food things that are grown in a lab. Do you think that's that's the way we're going? Or do you do you No. I don't think do you, you know do you think? I don't think we have time, Jessica. That's what I think. I don't oh, think we fuck. have enough fucking time to we do We don't that. have time to prepare. No, I mean I think that we what's Maybe like I, there's part of me that's like, that'd be great. Let's, you know, but that I was going to say that it annoys me that we only think about these models that are profit driven and that are like all come from a lab. The only thing I semi support with the lab stuff is the impossible burger, like that meat shit supplement that is actually all plant based. That was done in a lab. And it, mm-hmm. it tastes like meat. Like it like bleeds a little I bit. I eat that shit. Yeah. It's not bad. It's Are easy, you a vegetarian? It's easy to trick my brain. Yeah, I'm a vegetarian. How it's, long have you been a vegetarian? Ever since I saw the movie Oakjaw. <laughs> what? I don't even know what that is. It's on Netflix. It's about a fake super pig. It's like a fiction. It's a Korean movie director. And, uh, Cartoon? No, it's live action, but the pig is CGI. <coughs> okay. And uh, you just basically get attached to this fake pig, and this little Korean girl like raises it in the mountains, and you get really attached to it, and then you like basically see it go to a factory oh farm. Oh my! And it's so funny because I've seen all these like actually uh, like documentaries and shit, and you know I know what factory farms do, and I know what they're doing to animals and the planet, but I would still eat meat. And I still don't judge people who do at all, but um, but I, it's like I needed to see a fiction and be like, wait, I've had the experience of loving a fucking animal. You needed it Disney-fied. I needed or it Disney-fied. fucking Disney-fied. And also, like, there's this moment where, like, there, there's a corporation uh, involved in it, uh, and... Uh, there's this moment where, like, this activist group, like, exposes all the shit that's happening to Okja, and then... Uh, Which is the name of the pig or the name of the... Okja! Yeah. Uh-huh. Aww, she calls Okja. it... <laughs> she, I really want to see Okja. this. And, uh, and then they, so, they expose, like, what this meat company is doing, um, and then the corporation's all, like, freaking out, like, in a board meeting or something... And then the one like CEO is like, it doesn't matter. We're putting it to market. They'll buy it if it's cheap. And I was like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you so hard. So yeah, me and Eric watched that. And after that, we both just had this moment where we were like, we're not doing it. 
Damn, good yeah. for you guys. See, that's that's the other thing is that I'm not a vegetarian, but I don't eat pork. Like I just that's the thing. I would watch that movie and be like, oh my god, no pork. But chicken, beef sometimes. And I think that's fine. Yeah. yeah I, I really think you do. have to just eat less. I mean, this is the thing is like I don't I never cook meat or rarely cook meat, and I like probably eat red meat once every four weeks, something like that. Once a month. What are you hearing? Oh, nothing, nothing. I was just making sure I could hear because my microphones are so cheap. But I think that the good thing to do is buy, um, buy like, you know, all that grass-fed sustainable farm shit. And it's, it might be even good to support them. I think so, too. Um, I think, I do think that, like, we can't ignore the ways that, like, uh, killing inhumanely killing something like I don't think all death is equal like there is a humane way to murder an animal (laughs) yeah and I think having animals grow up like pigs are grown in such tight quarters that they gnaw each other's tails off Mm -hmm. so like the pig in front of you and then the pig in back of you and it's just this like literal pig centipede of disgusting factory farm. Like I've never even it's seen not that. Healthy. It's yeah. terrible. And then they pump them. So you know why they're full of antibiotics, of course, is because they have fucking diseases because you should not be growing. No one should be living in that qu- close of a quarter. Uh, and that's why they're pumped full of antibiotics. So they don't actually get, uh, you know, those diseases. And then we have too much antibiotics in our system. And then we're, we become immune to antibiotics that are used on us. And yay. And then Gwyneth Paltrow goes on a plane and she infects the world. And then we all die. Oh shit. Gwyneth brought us down again. It's your but I think goop. like my vegetarianism, I put it on the same level as your like bubble wrap pillows. It's <laughs> just like, it's for me mostly. Yeah. I mean, I think it'd be good if we all did that kind of shit. Obviously, yeah. it would it, does. it would be something, and I think it would be good for our souls. But I don't think like shaming people into that is a thing. No, it's definitely not. But I think it, I think there is a line between informing and shaming, and like I don't believe that it's the same thing. That just because you're informing now, don't do it as someone's like biting into their burger or whatever the fuck. But like, there are ways. I just think it's willful willful ignorance at this point. You know, I've done, it's funny because I actually have done some coverage on this, on climate change, but like the one issue that I didn't touch was like stopping eating meat or curtailing the amount of meat that we eat. Mm. But it's like the number one way, just in terms of the amount of land that's used, the amount of feed that is used, um, the amount of runoff that happens and contaminates everything around it from factory farming, like not eating meat is huge. And you can just like cut back, you know? Yeah. Um, but for sure, oak jaw, I could give up oak jaw for sure. I don't want to eat oak jaw. Definitely don't eat pigs. Don't eat pigs, <laughs> dude. I, they, are, they are delicious. So I've had some delicious pork and I get it, but there's so much delicious stuff you can eat. There's really a lot of delicious food. It doesn't have to be a pig that's eating another pig's asshole. <laughs> it doesn't have to be, I promise. And I also, I'm, worri- I'm worrying about uh, the amount of fiber people are eating in general. Mm. Because uh, I eat a lot of fiber. And I got to say, I'm not like a healthy woman by any means. Uh-huh. I exercise not. And, uh, but, <laughs> but I got to say, since I've started eating a lot more fiber and greens, what happens? my poop, it's so beautiful. It is beautiful it's poop. It's so beautiful and What smooth. is beautiful? It's what? Is it like... It's like a beautiful snake. (laughs) (laughs) And it slithers. (laughs) So it's like... There's so so many reasons to not listen to this podcast. No, this is a great reason. (laughs) Well, here's... I thought there was like... There's debate about this, whether... I mean, it might smell worse, whether like vegan or vegetarian people's poo is grosser than people eat meat. You know, when I um, first stopped eating meat, mm-hmm. my poo got, re- and my farts and my poo got really gross for like a minute, mm-hmm. but my body adjusted. I think it needed to like make different enzymes or something. Yeah. And now you're like, you're like, this is, this feels really healthy. But like when I ate meat, it wasn't as gross of poop because it wasn't poop. It was just like little rocks <laughs> yeah. that made my butthole hurt. Yeah, meat and potatoes do make your butthole hurt, for sure. There's a lot of, like, 
Um, sorry. Yeah. But but I feel like And uh, it's like people are like, know. Don't force it, but I'm like, Who's got the time? <laughs> <laughs> Who's got the time? Uh. Well, I guess now that we have our phones to look at. So I just want to like, you know, in terms of the loneliness and the stillness, I just want to like give the listeners at home some advice that it's uh, in terms of that, that if, if you are at home and you have to poo, leave your phone in the other room mm. and just be present with the loneliness. Breathe. Because it's like one day you'll die, you know, and you won't have the experience of the bored, lonely void you feel when you just poo. Oh, yeah. I co-sign that. I Im- <laughs> Im- imagine, imagine, take every poo like it's your last. Wow. Wow, hoodie, wow, wow. <laughs> why did I turn into Christopher Watkins? Wow, hoodie, wow, wow. So, um, yeah. So, like, in general, do you have any... I, <laughs> Do you have any coping mechanisms or advice or mm-hmm. information that is it particularly that you'd like to leave people with on this episode? Yes. Um, we didn't talk about the Green New Deal, which is a proposal from House Democrats right now to basically like overhaul American energy and make it sustainable and create a bunch of jobs. So, so this is like, this. it's not really a silver bullet but it is a silver bullet. It's like, we can do better. We can be more efficient and save the fucking planet. Oh, we're going to get this. So that Green New Deal, we are at a tipping point. We're essentially in the, the climate uh, version of the stock market crash. Uh, and so there's hope. I think that's what I want to say is that there's definitely hope. And I think channeling some of the desperation, even in, in a way that it can be creative and individual, but also somehow collective, uh, feeling like you're tapping into a greater amount of people because there are so many active people right now, uh, that that will help fight against that sadness. Fuck yeah, Francesca. You guys, make sure that you all follow Francesca on all the social medias and follow her career and everything yeah. she's doing. Uh, you're so rad. Thank you so much for you're doing so this rad. weird thing with me. I'm so happy to do it. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Oh,